The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. You know, we have a hard time trying to figure out how to build a trusting relationship. And that's because we have partners cheating on partners, friends gossiping about our most vulnerable and private information, paparazzi endangering the lives to get that hot shot from the private lives of our idols, parents betraying the bond of parenthood in a multitude of ways. These and other betrayals run rampant throughout our culture. In the face of this, is it even practical to invest in a relationship? After we've been so betrayed, how do we go about building enough trust within ourselves to make certain we don't get betrayed again? How do we know who to trust? Where do we go to find trustworthy people? These and more questions are frequently on the minds of a majority of people at at least some point in their lives. Well, along with hearing another clip from Oprah's upcoming Super Soul Sunday, we're going to talk about this issue of trust, what it is, what it isn't, and how to build trusted relationships. So if you worry about who you can trust, how to trust, or if you are the betrayer in a relationship, this show is for you. Hang in here with us. We're going to learn a lot about trust today. So let's first uh, get a working definition of trust. What trust is, is uh, the ability to know that regardless of what happens, we're going to be okay. Yep, that's what trust is. (laughs) Trust is not um, reaching out beyond the boundaries of our own knowing, our own ability to know, to uh, confer upon another the capacity to take care of us. It is not projecting our most idealistic qualities onto another human being. It is not uh, pretending to ourselves that things are okay when they're not okay. It is not love. Trust is not the same as love. People say all the time, well, I love him, so I guess I trust him too. I've had clients and other people say to me over the years, uh, you know, you know, the, the, the spouse will say, well, well, I thought you loved me. Don't you trust me? As if those are synony- synonymous terms. Um, and really, they're not. Love is unconditional. It is, um, it, it, it is kindness, generosity, um, being, enjoying the company of another person, really wanting to be with that other person, enjoying their company. It is not. Trust. Trust is earned. Love is not. But trust is also a work, an inner work, a work that we do inside of ourselves. It's not just what somebody else does. It's also what we do inside of ourselves. So that's what we're going to talk about. Um, betrayal. What is betrayal? We've got to talk about that too. You know, once upon a time, 
uh, marriage was formulated based upon the idea that if, uh, if we could get people to sign a contract that stipulated that they would be faithful to each other, then they would be faithful to each other. Well, of course, what we've learned over the centuries is that that's not helping. <laughs> it doesn't make us, you know, any more than the the law that says thou shalt not kill keeps us from killing. Any more than the law of the New Testament that says um, thou shalt not bear false witness keeps us from lying. Uh, we lie daily because we don't want to hurt somebody's feelings, because they caught us doing something we're ashamed of, because uh, we need to keep our self-image a certain way, because we don't we want to uh, fit into the social ethic. All kinds of things we lie about every day. We lie with our behavior. We lie with our thoughts. We lie with our uh, emotions. Sometimes we we tell ourselves things are we feel certain things we don't feel. Or do or don't feel certain things we do feel. Um, we lie all the time. So, yeah, that thing about some external code getting us to obey a rule, nah, it's not working so much. Um, now, some would say that it's helped our society become a little bit more civilized. Um, our laws, our legal um, criminal laws, are are somewhat. Uh, they offer a punishment on the other end of disobedience, but then again, our jailhouses are filled to overflowing so much to the point that some people uh, have have decided that what we might need to do is uh, is uh, legalize certain things so that our jails won't be so full. So yeah, not so much. That's not working so much either. So this idea that some external onus is going to get us to internally follow the rules so that we can build trust between ourselves and another person, not working. And the other piece is that trust is very, in very much, the largest part of trust is trying to understand what goes on inside ourselves. It's not necessarily trying to confer upon the other person what we need them to look like, act like, talk like, and be like. So, um, so how do we know who to trust? Well, we're going to talk about that in the, in the latter segment of this, of this episode today. But right now, what I want to talk about is how do we gain trust? How do we, what is trust in terms of how we get it inside of ourselves about other people? Well, as I said in the beginning, trust is, knowing that we're going to be okay no matter what happens. That's what trust actually is. And that is all totally 100% an inside job. Because here's the facts. We don't know what another person is going to do. But sometimes we don't even know what we're going to do. I mean, we can have a day planned out and some little trigger will come along and set us off. And we're often running in anger and haste and and making assumptions about what other people are up to and all kinds of things. And we don't even know how that started. When it gets done and we've made our apologies, three or four days later, we can't even remember what we fought about. So, yeah, I'm not so sure that we know what's going to happen in the future at all. So when we say, well, I trust him, he would never cheat on me. I trust her, she would never cheat on me. Yeah, nah, we can't trust that. Be- what we can know is what somebody presents to us and what our gut tells us. And what we can tell ourselves internally. That's what we can know. We can't, uh, we can't know the future. Now, 
I'm not disregarding the possibility of psychic ability, but I am saying, as most good psychics will say, that even if I predict your future today, you might make choices tomorrow that will change that future. So, yeah, not so much. Um, if we went along the same path, you could say a psychic or a prophet might be able to say, if I go along the same path that you're, I'm taking today, then this is what's going to happen. Okay, that I buy. But in terms of being able to predict the future, choice is always the final arbitrator. Always the final arbitrator. So um, what people might choose to do in a given moment uh, out of their desperation um, is unknown. So let's talk about why people cheat. Well, the first reason people cheat, the first and, and fundamental reason people cheat on relationships is because they want to keep the one they have while investigating another one or several other ones. So that's that's the main reason people cheat. If they left the one they had in order to go investigate something else, it wouldn't be called cheating. So the main reason people cheat is because they want to um, stay in the relationship they have while investigating another relationship. And, it, you know, we could say, well, if our partners would just let us do that, if they would just say, well, okay, yeah, you go ahead on and investigate that other relationship, and I'll hang out here and wait for you to decide, well, that would be great, wouldn't it? But that's not usually what happens. So what, what, we, what we do is we cheat and we lie and we cover up our, our tracks in order to keep our partners from finding out that we're investigating something else. And if the thing that we're investigating turns out okay, we might then leave the other. But then again, we might not because we're not really yet so sure about the other. So we might just stay in there for several years cheating on our partners. So that's the main reason people cheat. This, the, the other reason is that we are, um, we have some area of our life that is not fulfilling. I have seen and heard of people who cheat on a relationship because they're unhappy in their career. I'm unhappy with my career, but I'm not going to do anything about that, take any risks about that, because my career is pretty secure. So I need some kind of change in my life to lighten up to make my life more passionate, make it more meaningful. So what I'll do is I'll go over here and have an affair, and that way my life is much more meaningful, even if it's chaotic, than it would be if I just kept going with the status quo in my relationship and my career, which is 40 to 50 hours of my week of absolute boredom, mind-numbing boredom. So uh, I'm, I'm not going to... Uh, take care of myself by taking the risk I need to take to go get that new job or start a new entrepreneurial uh, effort of my own. But I am going to go over here and, and, and find some other avenue of change and shift and excitement in my life. Now, of course, you could also say, well, why doesn't he or she stay home and change and shift the relationship at home? Well, the relationship at home is working okay. It's, you know, going pretty good, not Rotten and not perfect by any means, but going okay. So, you know, why would I want to mess that up? What I really want to do is just have some little excitement in my life. So I'm not going to do anything to mess that up. I'm not going to be honest about things that I might feel or our, our needs that I have that are not being met. I'm not going to talk about that because that might rock that boat, and I, I don't want that boat rocked either. So I'm going to maintain my security in my career and my, and my relationship. But I'm also going to go over here on the side and have a little excitement. 
So uh, another reason why we don't, we, why we cheat is because we don't take the risks to make our lives meaningful in all the ways that our lives are meant to be meaningful. Rather, we'd, we'd rather just, you know, hang out on the fringes over here. So that's another reason we cheat. Another reason we cheat is because we have uh, fears of commitment. And there are, there's a new category of people out there that if you want to read the pop magazines, they'll tell you there's such a thing as a commitment phobe, somebody who's terrified of commitment. What I find is that people that are terrified of commitment are actually terrified of intimacy. They don't want to get really close to someone because they're afraid that that person will abandon or leave them for whatever reason or that, uh, it, it, they'll find out who, I, they'll find out who I really am. So, oh my gosh, I can't have that because if they know me, really know me, then they're not going to like me. And so they're going to leave. And so, uh, that's another reason why people cheat is because they don't trust inside themselves that the, the person would stay if they really knew them. Okay. So there's just some of the reasons why people cheat on relationships. And, and, uh, but again, the bottom line is the, that the main fundamental underlying reason for all those other reasons is I need to stay in this while I go investigate that. Okay. So, um, what we are afraid of is what keeps us from trusting. I'm going to say that again. What we are afraid of is what keeps us from trusting. Fear, which we talked about last week, which is meant to give us a message about our lives and is a quality that ne- of of message that really needs to be heard uh, and 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 followed in the sense that you can follow it down the path to your shadow you can follow it down the path to a decision that needs to be made you can follow it down the path to a gut feeling that says "Uh oh there's a problem here i need to run duck something um, that's what fear is for but instead of dealing with fear fear up front many of us try to push it aside and tell ourselves that we're not really afraid through all manner of mechanisms, through alcohol and drugs, through acting out sexually, through um, through numbing ourselves with uh, being being a workaholic, through um, refusing to take any risks whatsoever in our lives, in those ways and more, we we try not to be aware of our fear, and therefore we don't hear its messages, and its messages are trying to give us an authentic and meaningful existence. So. To the degree that we are afraid, that's also the degree to which we're not going to trust. And that is how we begin to work on building a trusting relationship. We learn to trust ourselves, to manage our lives so that we know that no matter what happens, we're going to be okay. Because I can't know the future. Because all I can do is take care of this moment right here, right now, and uh, deal with whatever comes up inside of me in this right now. That's all I can really do anything about. So I need to be about the business of doing that in its fullest order so that I'm, I'm really tuning in. I'm really listening to myself. I'm really fighting, following my own guidance instead of uh, pretending to myself that I don't feel angry or don't feel afraid or don't feel uh, insecure or whatever. Okay, so now on the flip side... And we're, we're going to talk about this briefly and then we'll take a break and come back. On the flip side of this issue of cheating is that um, we people who don't trust very often become very controlling about that. Um, I, I don't have numbers for you, but a, a good number of the people that come to uh, 
marital therapy or couples therapy uh, come because one party in the relationship is trying very hard to control the other party so that the other party won't cheat on them. And my response to this, among many other responses in terms of how we, how to really make that relationship more meaningful, is that if somebody's going to cheat on you, they're going to cheat on you. And one day you're going to find out about it and then you'll leave. So you don't have to be watching every minute to make sure they don't. Because if they do, one day you'll find out and then you'll leave. And that's how that works. You know, sometimes on the flip side of that, sometimes people will say, well, why, you know, why didn't I know? Why didn't I pay it? Why didn't I pay attention is what they're really saying. Why didn't I know that he's been cheating on me for 27 years? You know, uh, people stay in relationships for lengthy periods of time with people who are having multiple affairs over the years. Uh, and they question themselves as to why didn't they know? That is the bottom line issue about cheating. We don't know because we're not tuning in. We're not observing. We're not paying attention to the signs. We're not paying attention to the, to what's going on inside of us. We're not paying attention to, uh, how, how it feels to be in the room with somebody who's halfway there. We're just not tuning in. And so we don't know. But very often I find that when I, when we talk about this with people, listeners, readers, and clients, that they will often say, well, I did know. I just told myself it wasn't true. In other words, I lied to myself. I got into a state of denial so that I wouldn't have to know that I had something to deal with. And I moved on into the next 10, 20, you know, 25 years convincing myself that it was okay. Even though I wasn't really happy in this relationship, my needs were not being fully met. And I, you know, even if I tried to address it, it, I just felt like it wasn't really being heard, so why bother? So I just gave up on that too. So what we do is we invest the other party with a big portion of our power. And, and, and we wait around for them to decide what it is that they're going to do about us. And when they finally decide what they're going to do is when it's in our face that they've cheated on us. So that process of discovering is not one of necessarily hiring a uh, private eye to go spy on our husband, although that business is booming right now all over America. Uh, it is a process of getting inside of ourselves and listening to us so that I can go to my spouse or my partner and say, you know, that really hurt my feelings when you said that or when you did that. Or, you know, you've got this pattern of behavior that really hurts me every time you do it. Or, you know, I, I need to let you know that these things are, are really upsetting to me. They make me very angry. They make me distrust where, where you're coming from. Um, those kind of conversations, especially if they're had where both people are willing to listen, uh, can be very healing. But we're afraid of those. And we're afraid, of course, that the other party's not going to listen. But here's the thing. If they're not going to listen today, they're not likely going to listen tomorrow or the next day or the next day. So what we do, instead of really getting aware of what's just happened between us and the other person when we try to talk to them, is that we we say, well, tomorrow they'll listen or tomorrow they'll listen or maybe tomorrow they'll listen. And we just keep bargaining with that sometimes for years. And instead of saying, okay, here's what is. Here's what is. 
And in that process of discovering here's what is, we move to the process of acceptance where we can then make a decision. Excuse me. And when we make that decision, what we learn is that we can trust ourselves to respond appropriately to whatever is presented in our lives and take care of ourselves. And that is the issue of trust. So we're going to talk some more about this after we come back from the break. I want you to stay tuned because this is a really important show talking about an issue that's on the minds of millions of America Americans right now. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane, right here on the 7th Wave Network. Ask Theo Live is talk radio like you've never heard before. Following her near-death experience, world-renowned author and spiritual medium Sheila Gillette became the direct voice channel for Theo, a consortium of 12 archangels. Through this unique channel, Sheila and her co-host Marcus Gillette present you with an opportunity to speak directly with Theo live on air on any topic you wish to discuss, including receiving authentic messages from deceased loved ones and angelic guides. Get the answer you need by tuning in to Ask Theo Live Talk Radio. Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And the Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the American Institute of Holistic Theology. You may wonder what the terms holistic theology mean. Well, theology is the study of the divine, and holistic theology is a holistic study of the divine that includes all religions and even transcends religion to get to the mystical core of them all. The American Institute of Holistic Theology offers doctorate, master's, and ministerial bachelor's degrees, chaplaincy programs with internship, 
NBCC-approved continuing education, and a brand-new Ph.D. program in holistic theology. AIHT's programs include degrees in the following. Holistic Theology, offering its terminal degrees, both a Th.D. and a Ph.D., Holistic Ministries, Holistic Health and Spiritual Care, Metaphysical Spirituality, and Alternate Spiritual Traditions, which includes in-depth studies in the paranormal. Using a home study model for distance learning, the student of AIHT gets a thorough education in the field that fulfills and offers a chance to authenticate a unique gift for the world. AIHT is a real educational program where you'll get a real learning experience in a broad spectrum of educational endeavors, utilizing as your text-writing teachers spiritual experts from all over the world. The big deal is that facilitating your dream is AIHT's mission. All you have to do to enroll is either go to www.aiht.edu or contact Admissions Director Beverly Love at 800-650-4325. Again, if you'd like to enroll right now, pick up the phone and call 800-650-4325. You know, Oprah says education is the key to unlocking the world, a passport to freedom. Call and get your passport today. And we're talking today about how to build a trusting relationship. Well, what we've said thus far is that trust is not what we think it is. We, we think that trust means that we can confer upon another person certain attributes which make us safe, that makes, make us believe that we're going to be okay in this relationship, that they're not going to hurt us, they're not going to cheat on us. Um, and so we, we have built our ideas about trust on that. And so what comes into the picture is we get a lot of magical thinking going that if I can tell myself that this person is a trustworthy person, then he or she is. And if I can bargain with the fact that they've hurt me over and over again and tell myself, well, they won't do that again, uh, then it'll be okay. Or if I see them betraying other people and I have a long history of having betrayed other people, but I tell myself, oh, they won't do that to me. They really love me. Well, I've got magical thinking going on, and I call that trust. Trust is not magical thinking. Trust is not even about the other person. Trust is about ourselves. We have to be able to trust that we have the capacity to really take care of ourselves, to listen to our insides talking to us, and to observe what's going on outside of us enough to be able to make an appropriate and responsible decision that takes care of us and so that we land in, in a place where we're okay. So trust means I know that I'm going to be okay no matter what happens. That's what trust is about. And we don't get that by conferring onto another person certain character traits. Now, we do get that by observing character traits that are real in the other person. So if a person uh, demonstrates and uh, all the attributes that we think we want in a relationship, uh, but they lie frequently, that's a problem. But if we say to ourselves, oh, well, that's just one fault, and, you know, he lies, but his parents taught him to lie, and, you know, he, he can't help it. Poor thing. Uh, then we're, we're, we're doing magical thinking. We're not building trust. And we really must come to understand the difference between magical thinking, bargaining, and trust. Bargains say, if this, then that. If I do this, then he'll do that. If he does this, then I'll do that. That's a bargain. If I can just hang in here and wait long enough, he'll become the person I want him to be. She'll become the person I want her to be. Um, if I just hang out here and become invisible, 
when he treats me badly or she treats me badly, then they won't really, you know, keep doing that. And, and it'll stop. And I, someday I'm going to figure out what I'm doing wrong that, was this, that makes this person treat me so badly. Those are, those are statements made by someone who's doing some bargaining or some magical thinking or both. So knowing what to trust is the key element. I've got to trust me to be able to respond to reality in a way that is clean and true and honest with me. And when I do that, I'm going to be okay. When I uh, recently went up to, uh, uh, on a vacation up to Maine, I found this wonderful little uh, plaque. Uh, uh, and it says, what screws us up most in life is the picture in our head of how it's supposed to be. So how it's supposed to be is I was supposed to marry Mr. Wrong and he was supposed to turn into Mr. Right. I was supposed to marry Miss Wonderful. I mean, Miss Wonderful. And even though she turns into Miss Awful, I'm, I'm going to be able somehow to turn her into Miss Wonderful again. That, that's what screws us up in life. That's bargaining. That's magical thinking. That is not the picture of reality. It is the picture of how we think things ought to be. And we try to make reality be that. So I think I've said that enough now. So I want to move on to that whole thing of how we, how we build trust in another person. Well, here's how we do it. We tune into ourselves. If, if, if I go out on a date with John and I really like John and I think he's really good looking and really sexy and all of that, I also need to pay attention to what's going on inside me when John talks, when John walks, when John seems to be thinking, whatever it is that's going on inside of me. Instead of putting my focus on, you know, the, the romantic version of John, I need to be really paying attention to what's going on inside me. That doesn't mean that I'm going to lose my attraction for John or that John's not going to be attracted to me. What it means is I'm getting clear on what's real here. I'm not doing any magical thinking. All right. So we think that that's going to take down the candles. That's going to pull all the roses out of the ground. There's only going to be thorns left (laughs) when we get real, when we let our minds also be present with us when we are attracted to someone. But here's the thing, and we all know this, millions of us, including yours truly, have been attracted to Mr. or Ms. Wrong. And we thought it was Mr. or Ms. Right. And we tried to make it Mr. or Ms. Right because that's what we thought it ought to be. So I don't want to have to go looking again for somebody. Here you are. You're in my bed. So I'm going to have to make you into the fantasy person I think you ought to be. Instead, I need to be paying attention to what's going on inside me. And what's going on inside me is myriad. So if uh, you make a demeaning comment about uh, female waitresses, well, how does that make me feel? Does it make me feel diminished? Does it make me embarrassed? Does it make me uh, really feel like maybe that's how you treat women in general? Um, it, what is that? What is feeling? What what feel? If it, does it feel betrayal? Does it feel like anger? Does it feel like fear? Does it? What does it feel like inside of me? I need to know that because if I know that, then I'm going to know how that's going to affect me in the future. Only multiply it exponentially. Whatever is wrong in the beginning is going to be way wrong later. Okay? It, people don't change their lives until they get in enough pain to change. 
And the illusion that we can change them by loving them, the illusion that we can change them by uh, anything, by anything, by any means at all, we cannot change other people. It is totally an illusion. Those illusions lead us to misery. They lead us to empty lives that are meaningless and purposeless. And what we want is to have a meaningful, happy, fulfilling life. That's what we all want. We're not going to be able to have that with Mr. and Ms. Wrong. And I use the term wrong loosely because I think we learn something from everyone we're with. And and so maybe there's a rightness to that too. But uh, if we want to really attract someone we can have a whole, lasting relationship with, we need to be whole and lasting to ourselves. We need to commit ourselves to ourselves and 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 make that daily commitment to tune in enough to say, I need to take care of me. It's my job to take care of me. I'm not going to meet somebody who's going to come in and make my life all better. If my life is not all better, nobody else can make it all better. So i got to make my life all better. And, and in that process, I can be observant about what's going on, not only with someone else's behavior, but also with how that behavior impacts me. Uh, building trust also requires the capacity to speak up. That is a capacity that many, many, many of us don't have. We don't have it because we've been taught to be nice. And I'm waving little quotation marks around nice. Um, we've been taught to be polite. We've been taught to be, uh, to, to be culturally, politically correct. We've been taught to do anything but be honest. Okay, so we got a, a, a um, continuum of how that works with most people. We got uh, blunt, cruel, harsh, bitter honesty that comes from some people. And then we got other people who can't say an honest word because they're so afraid that someone won't like them if they don't. And that Those are on opposite ends of the continuum. And then somewhere in the middle is where we need to fall, where we have the ability to be straightforward with people, but we also have the ability to say it in a way that is respectful of that person's right to choose whatever they're going to choose. So some people call that assertiveness. I think that's a fair name, but but whatever you want to call it, it is the capacity to say, here's what I see going on, what do you see, and what are we going to do about it? I'm willing to do X, what are you willing to do? And then watch and see if the other person is really going to do it. And watch yourself and be sure you're really going to do what you say you're going to do. Um, Unconsciousness is a large part of most of the relationship problems we have in the world. I'm not really paying attention to what I'm up to. I don't really know what, what my triggers are, what pushes my buttons. And if I come to know them, it's really hard for me to, to, to be present with those in the midst of a, a uh, when they're up and somebody else's behavior is up at the same time. Um, that is one of our biggest challenges in relationship. How do I pay attention to what comes, comes up inside of me that might be a trigger, might have been triggered by something you did or said, and simultaneously pay attention to what you're saying and doing when you're saying and doing it. That's one of our difficulties, and it is a challenge, then will be a challenge to even the best long-term committed relationships, and we, we really need to ha- be able to step back and pay attention to what's going on inside of us long, long enough to give it words so that we can express it to that other person, a trusted, 
a long-term committed relationship where we can be heard and we can make some negotiations about what we'll, how we'll handle this in the future. Um, so, so even in the most trusted and, and whole relationships, these issues from the past that are triggers for us are going to come up from time to time. And they're an opportunity for us to get closer to ourselves and closer to each other. Um, but but in, when we're in that process of trying to find somebody we can trust, what we tend to do is just believe whatever they say. You know, most people are putting their best foot forward in a, when they're dating. They're going to try to tell us that they are who, who we want them to be. And especially if we give them information about who we want them to be, then they're going to try to live into that. And then we marry them and they, and they, oh, I've got her now, I've got him now, and sort of they fall back into their default positions. And as they do that, we are shocked and feel betrayed. And the truth was, they were always that and they were always giving us signals that they were that, but we weren't paying attention because we wanted what we wanted when we wanted it. We were lonely, we were tired of being alone, and we just took what came up next. And we tell ourselves we're not going to do that, but we do it anyway because we have a deep need for relationship. And there's nothing wrong with that deep need for a relationship. But if we, if it's going to be a real relationship that we, we really have a need for, then we need to find a real relationship, not one that's not a real relationship. So playing games again with ourselves keeps us from finding that trusted relationship. Um, so in, in tuning in, what I don't mean is that we pay only attention to our own little fears and our own little needs and our own um, narcissistic wounds. We, what, what I am saying is that we, we pay attention simultaneously to what's coming up inside of us when somebody else does something outside of us so that we can really observe their behavior and simultaneously observe what goes on inside of us as a response to their behavior. And if we can respond appropriately to our own responses, then we'll take care of ourselves. We'll make those decisions to, to, to say no to what needs to be said no to and then make room to be able to say yes to what needs to be said yes to. Once upon a time, I had a friend who uh, wanted a piano, and she decided that she was going to clear a space in her living room for a piano. She had no idea how she was going to get money for a piano, but she wanted a piano, and she was going to clear a space for it. And within three weeks of clearing that space, she found an old piano in an old church, and they wanted to donate the piano to her, and she took it home and had a piano. She got it tuned and got to play the piano every night that she wanted to after that. That's how we make room for a healthy relationship. We say, I want a healthy relationship, so I'm going to clear out everything that isn't a healthy relationship. And then I'm going to be able to uh, find that person who uh, are those people, friends and, and, and even chosen families and, and partners, that, that I resonate with in a way that is comforting, reassuring, um, uh, feels, looks, walks, talks, acts like love. Those relationships are out there. But I've been filling my life, I've been peopling my life with, with relationships that I can't really trust. Because why? Because that's what I'm familiar with probably from my past, my childhood. I'm, I'm peopling my, my life with people that are just like my parents. Uh, that's typically what we do. But if we say, well, okay, these, these kinds of experiences that I've already had with bad relationships are my teachers. 
they teach me to tune into myself so that I can learn how to receive what's really good for me and make that space for what's really good for me. The object of the game is to take care of me, not to try to please you so that you'll stay, but to take real good care of me. That's the object of the game. We're going to come back in just a minute, and you're in this next uh, segment, we're going to hear Oprah's clip for her, from her upcoming interview with Diana Nyad. So stay tuned for that. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Are you looking for better sex? Learn how to have the best sex of your life when you join Ellen Etoff and her program, Ecstatica, the way to an erotic, ecstatic love life. You'll explore every aspect of love, sex, and intimacy, and discover new realms of possibility, including the spiritual dimensions of sex. It's an adults-only world with guest experts sharing valuable tips and techniques and so much more. Cultivate the powerful energies of sexuality and an undefended heart. Listen and join in live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Every moment that we live provides us with numerous opportunities to grow more deeply spiritually through our active engagement in positive, concrete ways that can uplift, encourage, and help ourselves and each other. Become a part of Our Sacred Journey with your host, Audrey Katagawa. Our program will include guests who will share their experiences with you to inspire you to help create a peaceful, cooperative present and future and to explore your creativity and the valuable contributions which you can make. Our Sacred Journey airs live Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on 7th Wave. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free. 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're talking today about trust and how to build a trusting relationship. So what do you do if you're the betrayer? If you're the betrayer in a relationship, if you're the person who cheats, then uh, then the issue isn't about the other person. That's the first thing we need to know. Most of the time when we're considering uh, why we cheat, what, what the first thing that we come to is, well, my partner isn't good at, or my partner didn't, or my partner won't, or my partner hasn't. My partner is to blame for, for, for me cheating. In order for us to stop being the cheater, we have to take complete 100% responsibility for our own behaviors. You don't cheat because of what somebody else does. You cheat 
because you choose that method of coping with your life as it is. Remember, we said earlier what screws us up most in life is the picture in our head of how it's supposed to be. Well, we get this picture in our head of how it's supposed to be. And very often we put that on relationship. We think that getting married is going to make us happy and blissful and romanticized and completely uh, wrapped up in love and, and popular and wealthy and all kinds of other things come, into our, come to mind when we think about what it's going to be like when we finally get that relationship we want. And a lot of that is fantasy. Uh, living together with someone that you love can be a very joyful and uh, peace-giving and um, rewarding experience. But it is not always romantic, and it's not going to make you wealthy and happy if you're not already wealthy and happy, and unless you marry Mr. Rich and he decides to give you or she decides to give you some of their money. Uh, it, it, is, uh, it is not the panacea we want to make it into, in other words. So when we get into a relationship and we cheat on that relationship, there's a reason for that, and it's inside of us. And we need to find out what that reason is and begin to respond to that appropriately in an adult, responsible fashion. And when we do that, we will cease to become the betrayer. Um, but not until. And it won't happen when your partner gets better in bed or your partner smiles more, or your partner gets a better job, or that's not what's going to make you stop cheating. Right? What's going to make you stop cheating is you taking responsibility for why you're cheating. So, And it's, all, it's going to have something to do with your life being not as meaningful as you want it to be. Right? So um, fear is what makes us stay in relationships where we're being betrayed. Fear is what makes us ignore the uh, signs and, and, and uh, symptoms that are showing up early, early in the relationship before we've actually committed that we ignore. Um, fear is what makes us keep from, uh, uh, keep on, uh, pretending that things are okay when they're not. Fear is what makes us cheat. So fear, while we talked about fear last week as being a message to us, for us, about us, it absolutely is. But we're not looking at it that way. And so what we're doing is sending fear away and and bargaining or using magical thinking or cheating or some other behavior to cope with that fear instead of really responding to it uh, in an adult-to-adult kind of conversation with fear. Um, but uh, that fear means that we get desperate. We get desperate f- to have a relationship and here's... Uh, some beautiful man or some beautiful woman who comes along and they seem to be everything we want and we just don't want to see that they're not and we just keep going and it's just so wonderful and isn't it great until the one day when it comes, we become aware that no, it's really not great. And we've been knowing that all along, but we've been t- pretending to ourselves that it was. So, uh, that desperation is, is, the problem we're trying to cope with the feelings of desperation by leaping into a relationship which many many people are doing now today regardless of age people are leaping into relationships with strangers and uh and it really takes some time to pay attention to yourself uh while you're observing the other's behavior enough to know for sure whether or not you want to commit to this person you might already know that you love them but that doesn't necessarily mean that you know that they 
you, you want to commit to them. So we're going to come back to that in just a minute. That's a little bit of a different subject than the subject of uh, Diana Nyad's um, swim from Cuba to Florida. But that is the subject of, of Oprah Winfrey's conversation with her, which continues this Sunday um, in, a two, in, the, in part two of an all-new Super Soul Sunday interview airing this Sunday, October 13th at 11 a.m. Eastern and Pacific on OM, the Oprah Winfrey Network. So in this very special one-on-one interview with Oprah, we're going to find out how Nyad, who at 64 years of age captivated, captivated the world, when on her, on her fifth and final attempt, she became the first person to swim from Cuba to Florida without a shark cage, working through the pain and suffering to fulfill a life, a dream of a lifetime. Nyad talks about swimming from a spiritual perspective, illuminating the lessons she realized from dreaming big, achieving the impossible, and finding joy in the face of skepticism. The interview also re- features moments from Diana Nyad's 48-hour swim for relief celebrity event to support Hurricane Sandy recovery efforts, which takes place from yesterday, Tuesday, October the 8th, to tomorrow, Thursday, October the 10th, in New York City. So listen to this sneak peek clip with an interview excerpt from Super Soul Sunday episode, Oprah and Swimming Champion Diana Nyad, Part 2, Dare to Dream. Sunday, one hour just wasn't enough. Oprah and Diana Nyad, part two. It does seem like an impossible thing for a human being to do. The critics. Would you leave the woman alone? She just swam for 53 hours. The bigger you are, the harder they want you to fall. The controversy. No sooner than you had come to shore, yeah. people started questioning your integrity. And what it means to be strong at any age. You decide who you want to be with this one wild and precious life. Super Soul Sunday, all new this Sunday, 11 a.m., 10 Central. Yeah, decide who you want to be with this one wild and crazy life. Sometimes it is. That's what this is all about. That's what trust is truly all about. We we have to decide what we want and not accept anything less. We have to decide whether or not we are willing to tune in to ourselves enough to hear our own messages to ourselves and take that guidance that we're trying very hard to give ourselves and Create a space in our lives for what we truly want. People say, well, I just really want a relationship. Well, what does that just in there mean? What does that just mean? Does it mean you'll just take anybody who'll sleep with you? Does it mean that you'll just take anybody who looks good and walks and acts and talks like you think they ought to be, but they're not really? What does that just mean? Most of the time, it just means we're lonely and we want somebody in the room with us. And so we bargain for that. We'll take whatever comes along, and that's good enough. But then we get hurt, and our lives are not fulfilling or meaningful, and we don't learn so many times the lessons. I've seen people have a relationship with the same person over and over and over again, and I don't mean literally the same person. I mean a person who's just like dear old dad or dear old mom, and they are repeating that relationship again and again and again and again, and yet they're not learning the lessons of that relationship because they just want somebody else to come in the room with them. Just please stay in the room with me. That's all I want. Just don't go away. I'll say and do and and act like anything you need me to say and do and act like if you just won't leave. And that process is a bargain with reality. It's it's the picture in my head is I've got to have somebody in the room with me and I'll fantasize that it is who I want it to be even though I know it's not. 
And that's a lonely, desperate, and miserable life. And yet so many of us are living that life, repeating patterns we're not even aware of because we don't want to take the risk to look inside of ourselves and find out what's really going on in there. But I'm here to tell you that finding out what's really going on in there is what trust is all about. If you cannot trust yourself to take really good care of yourself, you will not be able to have a trusting relationship. Period. End of subject. Can I say that again? If you cannot trust yourself to take really good care of yourself, you will not have a trusting relationship. Because you're not paying attention enough to what's going on inside of you to find out what that other person is really trying to say to you or how you feel about what they are doing. So that piece is very, very important. You can fall in love with all kinds of people. You can fall in love with all kinds of people. That does not mean that you want to commit to that person. Commitment is all about trust. If I commit to someone, I better be trusting that person. And I, and the only way I can trust that person is if I have pay, trusted myself enough to pay really good attention to what's going on with them and with me. So in that process of building trust, we have to go internal. We have to be able to um, listen and listen and listen and respond appropriately, make decisions that have to do with our internal guidance, not just decisions that will say, okay, yes, I'm ready to say I do because I'm lonely and I don't want to be alone anymore, or I'm going to pretend that things are okay that are not okay, or I'm going to um, tell myself that the way you act when you're angry and breaking things is really okay with me, even though you know I really don't like it and it scares me to death. Okay, so here's here's another truth that I might repeat more than once. People don't change until they get in enough pain to change. You have no power to change another human being. I know this. I'm in the people-changing business. I'm a therapist, right? We're supposed to change people. And people come into me and say, well, you know, you've done a good job with me. You know, no, I haven't. If you didn't do any work, nothing happened. Okay? The work is all about taking responsibility. Taking responsibility for your choices What's going on inside of you, what you're doing outside of you, what's your behavior, your thoughts, all of that. You're responsible for that. And, and so if you're responsible for that in you, then your partner is also responsible for that in him or her. And if you can't really, um, uh, be sure that you know what to do about you, then you're not going to know, uh, what to do about that other person either. So if you put those two things together, the idea that um, if you don't can't trust yourself to really take really good care of yourself, then you're not going to find a trusting relationship. And if you um, are are waiting for someone else to take care of you, then you're not going to find a trusting relationship. What that means is it's on you. It's on you. And if you add to that the idea that you cannot change another human being, then what we have to realize is that what the way a person is today is the way they're most likely to be tomorrow. Does that mean people don't change? No. People do change. They change all the time. I've changed tremendously. I've been probably five or four or five different lifetimes in this one lifetime simply because I keep evolving into deeper aspects of myself. But I did that. I did the work of that 
I got in enough pain to make that happen, and I did it. And if you've changed, that's how you change too. So that's what's got to happen with other people. In order for people to change, they have to want it. And the reason we want it most of the time is because it hurts not to change. It hurts more not to change than it does to go ahead and change. So that those three things, if we can remember the way a person is today is the way they're most likely to be tomorrow unless they get enough pain to do something about it. And they're less likely to have pain if they got somebody hanging around putting up with intolerable behavior. Um, that we are responsible for our own happiness. Nobody else is going to make us happy. And that if we're not able to tune into ourselves, then we're not going to find a, t- a trusting relationship with another human being. Those three things, if you keep those in mind, you can build a trusting relationship, tuning into yourself, listening and observing to what's going on with the other person simultaneously. So that's what we got for today. And next week, we're going to get the honor of talking to uh, Sonia Choquette about her latest book, Tune In, Let Your Intuition Guide You to Fulfillment and Flow. Another add-on to what we're talking about today, so be here for that. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.